welcome to Talking Walking, hosted by Andrew Stuck from Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking. Talking Walking brings you interviews with people from the world of walking, artists, activists, professionals, and those of us who have a passion for just taking a walk. Daniel Bierstecher is a walking artist from Germany. Over the last few years, he's been focusing on walking slowly, very slowly just two metres a minute. In our conversation, we explore why and how he has achieved this, as well as how it has changed him personally, and how it has changed the way others see him. We live in a society where everything appears to be speeding up, yet here is someone deliberately going as slow as he can. He's curious too, to see if he can influence how artificial intelligence, and robots in particular, can be taught to slow down. Would you like to explain how you became in- enthused and inspired by walking slowly? <laughs> like, let's say, walking by itself uh, slows you down. Like, walking was always something like a kind of a therapy for for myself, I went out to the mountains uh, to come down to get all the, out all the bad minds of my head and whatever. And I felt that it could go deeper somehow. And then I, I was getting first in contact with some uh, meditation walkings, like Buddhism, Zen Buddhism walkings, and. First, it was really visually interesting for me that people walk very slowly. I wanted to make a movie out of it that I walk in a slow walk and we film it and afterwards we put the speed of the movie to that speed that it looks like that I walk normal but everybody else is so fast that you don't see the people anymore. So it was first a visual effect. And then one day a person, a curator, asked me if I would like to participate on a festival. And it was a sculpture festival. And as I'm a walking artist or a performance artist, uh, I said, okay, but if you invite me, you, I will do something like a performing stuff. And there I had the first time the idea to make a project that I walk for a long time slowly. And we're talking about really, I mean, we're, we're walking slowly now, but this is way <laughs> faster than you were walking. Yeah. Actually, it's a Buddhist practice where you make one step with one breath. So when you breathe in, you lift your leg, and when you breathe out, you, you put it on the ground. So if you have a very deep breath, it can take like 20 seconds for one step. But but that was also I mean I don't know about Buddhism but uh, for yogis that that is what we're, we 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 sort of learn from them was that they would want to slow down their breath yes because there was only a certain number of breaths you would breathe in your human life <laughs> and uh, and so therefore it was sort of kind of slowing down the breath so you, but you were thinking about keeping the one pace to the breath. Were you thinking about slowing your breath as well? Mm-hmm. Or slowing, you know, which came first? Was in your mind, was it slowing the breath or slowing like, the walk? Uh, like, like in, the in, in this time, uh, first is slowing down the walk, walk and then 
you realize, okay, to slow down the walk, you have to slow down the breath. In the Buddhism, it's different. <laughs> they <laughs> slow down the breath uh, to slow down the, the walk. So, uh, but to make the performance in the beginning, it was really, I wanted to slow as low uh, as possible. I wanted to make it a long time. So I also had to prepare my, uh, my how to say, uh, that I can stand this just in my mind. On the beginning, it was not clear how long I'm going to do, but I thought of three months doing every day around. And then I, this project was developed step by step. I didn't want to walk just in a circle in the city. So I, there was the river, a river, so I decided I start at one point and I'm going to walk down the, all the river in this very slow walk. Just to say a number, it's around 120 meters per hour. Then there was a sponsor who said, I'm going to support this project if you pass next to our building. And then I looked where this building is, and uh, it was from the starting point 43 kilometers, almost the distance of a marathon. So I saw this and I decided, whoa, I make out of it a marathon. And when I'm there and the building was next to an airport, then I have done a marathon. And the, the, the end point going to be on the landing field of the, of the airport. And this was perfect for me. It was just by accident because I never knew what will be the date when, I fin like when the exhibition is over. But this was already in the end of October. It can be very cold. And where, where was this? So it was on the, from the spring of the Danube, uh, like 42 kilometers down the river. Until this festival invitation mm -hmm. came, were you a, a, a performance artist? Were you a, like a live artist? I was definitely an artist and I would say a performing artist. But I was performing more for the camera than for people. Like usually I had a photographer or a camera team with me and they documented and afterwards I could cut a movie out of it or a, a video artwork and actually this is really interesting for my, myself as well I made this because I was a little bit shy I didn't want to be too much in the public I wanted to be in in the nature and feel the nature and not to be make a performance. Almost to be less conspicuous. Yes. By this project, with the slow walk, I had to pass some, some villages and some cities. And in the beginning, I was really worried about this because I usually don't want wanted to do this. So I searched some paths along the river. There are less people. But after a few days, I realized there's no problem if people see me. Having done that performance, and done many similar ones. What has been the reaction of people to someone walking incredibly slowly? People, they're going to stop and watch. Curator was very worried that the people come and that they make stupid comments on me and that they push me away or stuff like this. But in all the 60 days I have done this performance, nothing at all happened like this. The people, when they came, they started to talk. Uh, lower. Some people just were quiet and looking me for a while and just very few people uh, tried to ask me something. So it was really rare that somebody came and said, what are you doing there? 
And, and, and that was adults. I was wondering whether children might, you know, come up and yeah. just be, the, the, want to touch you because you're sort of like a strange no, this was This was really one of the most amazing things, that even the children, they were getting quiet. And when they're far away with their parents, then they ask them very low, why this man is walking such strange? And this was really like, even they got the energy. And there was one really nice thing there is in Germany, just before you marry, you go with your friends out in a big group and you drink a lot. We, we call them a stag night. A group of them came and I, I saw them like a few hours before and I knew, okay, now they are completely drunk. And even though them, they arrived at me and then they were getting quiet and not one of these drunken men, it was around 15 men, did any uh, bad comment on this performance. So in this moment, it was perhaps on day 45, it was clear there is nothing going to happen because there is such an energy that came out of, of this performance that makes people quiet. And, and, and what's been the reaction from Buddhists? <laughs> For them it was a little bit strange because it's but this is that is something it's your process you go inside yourself and I turned it around I and I went to public so on one side it was they don't understood why I went to to the public with it on the other side they really thought whoa like how he can stand such a long time and he takes it really serious so it was a mixture out of it because as an artist you have to think about your ego and you put it like as a performance you, you present it all the way of Buddhism is to put your ego down it's an interesting discussion and an interesting thought what does it make to yourself and so what have you discovered about yourself? you've overcome your shyness? <laughs> like I had some some really beautiful experiences while doing this project. For example, there was a, a, a big group around me with ten or fifteen people, and I couldn't I could listen all to them in the same time. So I was such present that I could understand of many people at the same time what they're telling, and I never had this before. And this was really one of this experience while I did this project that I realized, okay, I, I get to a certain level that is really, really deep and this you can show artistically or put in a, wor in a work. This is just an experience you can do by yourself. It's difficult to share in a way. So you found that through doing the meditative walking, your senses became more hypersensitive of your hearing improved or much much higher and like before i i read a lot of books about meditation and some meditation says like if you get really deep in then you arrive a state that everything is quiet and i thought if i'm gonna do this project such a long time that i hopefully gonna be arriving in this state that I don't mind about anything around me, that I'm such concentrated that I don't listen to any sounds and whatever. What was interesting for me that the opposite was happened, that I was 
getting more and more sensitive and I realized this when I was walking in the forest and there was for many hours nobody uh, and I was looking on the ground like 45 degrees in front of me then in one moment I looked up and just in this moment arrived a, a man on a bicycle and I couldn't hear him and it was still far away and in the first moment I was a little bit disappointed because this happened to me many times that always I looked up and in just this moment was somebody there and I was always oh my god I want to go deep in this meditation and I don't want to realize when the people are arriving I'm such sensitive that I realize when people uh, are still far away uh, I just feel that I, there's somebody coming your uh, personal space yeah. became extended further in front of you yeah. Interesting, so, isn't it? So I was really, really present and I, I felt all these small things they, uh, before. I, perhaps l let's say like the native, if they go hunting, they really feel that there is an animal, even if they don't see it. I think this is not even something m mystic. It's just, it shows how good our senses actually are. Well, the other side to this too, I was going to ask you, is that if you're a marathon runner, <laughs> you train and train and train to get your body into a state of fitness that you would be able to do this. How much training did you have to do to get to a point where you could fulfill the criteria you'd set yourself of, remind me again, 120 meters in an hour. So that's two meters every minute. That is extraordinarily slow. <laughs> like, like I started to train almost a year before and half a year before I did it really daily one hour and then uh, I like just before the project I had daily two and a half hour almost three hours a day training one month before I did like a training camp of every day six hours or just to know if I really can stand this and I I had as well a lot of meditation practice sitting just to prepare my to say my mind <laughs> because you you did record this uh, originally in in real time with a video camera yeah. on your front and uh, all sorts of things going on i was wondering could you have been or were you uh, a kind of biological or medicinal uh, kind of uh, creature where, where did you have your blood pressure taken your sweat level you know your pulse taken <laughs> <Yeah>. what <laughs> you know did you uh, did, did someone test your oxygen capacity at the beginning and then at the end was there anything like that going on or not yeah it, like I had a sensor on my arm that oh. was measuring all the the breath heart rate and many other things out of these numbers they calculated my stress level but it was of the whole day, so you can see just before the project or in the break and afterwards the stress level was quite high <laughs> because I had to organize stuff with journalists. I did some yoga or I had to go with the bike there and then I had to fix the technique and save all the videos and put it on. So usually uh, I get up in the morning around 5 or 6 and I finished in the evening around 11 and there was perhaps for this project a half an hour time break in, during the day and the rest was really fulfilled. And you were doing this durational walk, how many hours each day were you walking? Six hours a day, six days a week. 
I mean, how did you sustain not peeing or eating or keeping I, the sun off your head? I mean, what were the practicalities of going out for a walk? I did in the morning three and a half hours. Then I had a break. I had like a caravan next somewhere. So I went there with a the bicycle. I cooked something and I answered some emails. I did some yoga to, to stretch my body. And then I went back and I did another two and a half hours. And you did that for 60 days. Incredible. Uh, so, okay, so now we know about this extraordinary performance. <laughs> I don't want you to run through a panoply of all the other things you've done because they are amazing and they're lovely. They're kind of quirky, and as we'd say in English. They're sort of, you're, you are an eccentric. I think I should make sure everyone has a look at the sailing through Patagonia. But uh, mm -hmm. well, what are the kinds of work that you're doing now? In the moment, I try to make a new work out of this low walk that there is even more recordings about myself. I want to be in a stadium and walk every day one round with 400 meters. This takes around four hours, more or less, or a little bit more, or depending on the speed. And there are cameras that record all the movements, and I want to also record all my how to say, the, the mind, if I'm relaxed or not, if I'm thinking a lot, if I'm, my mind is very active or not. And I want to feed with all this data AI to train the AI to slow down. Because I think the AI makes everything much faster. Like, because it's programmed to be more efficient, to be more fast and whatever. So I think... Our society going to be even more faster when we AI is working well. That's for why I thought like we have to train the AI to meditate, to slow it a little bit down. Like there is a, a certain aspect of meditation that like, I like a lot. That when you learn meditate, after a while you can observate your own minds. Mm -hmm. You go a little bit further and then you look on your own minds. And you realize, oh, that what I'm thinking in the moment, that's completely wrong, or that's funny, or whatever. And you don't take it so seriously your own mind. And actually, the AI should do the same. They sh it should learn by itself to, to know the consequences of this going faster and faster, earning more money out of it, all these algorithms there made for money, they have some consequences in somehow. Well, the image you showed us was of an um, AI creation robot, which reminded me of the man on the moon, like it was <laughs> like a spacesuit. Astronauts who have all trod on the moon, they were trained in uh, many times over to uh, realize that one small step would travel a long way. <laughs> you've, you've, uh, you've developed uh, the one very slow step. Yeah, like, like I want to make this, that the uh, AI is meditating, I wanted to visualize this by a robot, that it makes uh, the meditative slow walk. And actually, of course, you could take this human robot stay and just let it walk slowly. This would be very easy to program. But to put all this effort inside that he really knows why he should walk slowly, uh, that makes it, again, like a crazy project, <laughs> a little bit. And interesting for me in this question is to walk with the science together, because I can't do this by myself. I have no idea for 
programming a robot and to take all these data and whatever. So what's happened to the science if they start thinking of the AI should be slowed down and there should be this other level inside the AI observate himself and perhaps working with these people and they really like the idea because they know what they are doing on one side they are very fascinated about it on the other side they know also about all the consequences out of it but it's very difficult for them to find a way and if there comes an artist like me that makes it somehow in an absurd way they like this idea to, to work together so let's see what comes out of it who or what was the key influence that got you started? I started at Art University and after one year I gave up, almost. My teacher said to me, uh, you should do art of what you really enjoy. And I think in my case well, it was hiking. And he could, couldn't give me a better advice than just make out of out of it what you what you really like. So can you recommend a walk? If five years ago somebody would tell me we would have a corona pandemic and we can't travel, I would say this is not possible. I as a walking artist I can't stand it. But while the pandemic I figured out that the best walk you can do is if you have a little bit nature next to you, do sometimes always the same walk. I have this done for one year that I walked every day for one hour, almost the same round. And there I figured out it, if you are not going blind and if you're getting curious for the things that happen, this is really amazing. You don't have to go to Patagonia or to this desert, you just have to pay attention to what is around you. So if I have to recommend something, just Go for one year, always the same path, and uh, be... And always the same direction, or did you sometimes go the... Always, mostly the same direction. Then you see all what, what's changing during the year. You get start getting curious, oh, what can I eat there? What is this animal? And I had a, a app that showed me all the plants, if I didn't knew the name, and then I figured out that I can eat some parts of it and I brought it home and whatever and so so many small things getting to a, a adventure and then you after a while you hear more and more birds and then you realize oh this is this bird and this bird and this is really fantastic so and before I always had this feeling to get really out of my daily mind I have to go very far away to the high mountains or the spectacular uh, landscapes and now I've just know I just have to be present where I am and this you can train at best somewhere. You've been listening to Talking Walking, brought to you by Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking. In this episode, you've heard from Daniel Bierstecker. If you have any views on this interview or any walking issues, we'd love to hear from you. Just follow the links on the Talking Walking website. We look forward to having you along for future episodes of Talking Walking. Written, recorded and produced by Andrew Stuck of Rethinking Cities Limited, our artwork is designed by Ian Martin of Aardvark Graphics 
and the music is composed by Simon Sanders of Easy Tronic. <laughs> 